a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Thanks for listening, everybody, to the George Holland Podcast. Before we get started, motorcycle-superstore.com. They are a passionate team who speak moto from talking about going riding, bench racing from our latest company ride, talking about Top Jimmy at the uh, Motorcycle Superstore Suzuki team that goes to all the supercrosses and motocross. Whatever your passion, they've got the gear to keep you on the track and trail safely and in style. Motorcyclesuperstore.com, 700 trusted brands, people. Do you speak moto? And uh, if you do, go to Motorcyclesuperstore.com to get your latest uh, needs that uh, that you got fulfilled. Something like that. That didn't make much sense, but whatever. PB-Pulp16. Peter Boy-Pulp16 saves you at at, uh, MotorcycleSuperStore.com. Saves you on all participating brands. 10% off. Go there. Punch in the code. Support the podcast. And, uh, yeah, let's get right into George Holland, who, by the way, I've been trying to get a hold of George Holland for a long time and uh, finally made it happen. Had a couple of people reach out to me to make it happen that never did, but I managed to make it happen. Who knew that George doesn't really like texting? He likes phone calls. Phone calls seem to work. Also, George isn't a big talker. 125 national champion, but uh, not a huge talker, so I had to kind of drag it out of him. But a good guy, a nice guy, and uh, I appreciate his time on this podcast. One of the greats that, uh, if his shoulder hadn't popped out in 89, we could be talking about a different 125 national champion. All right. Thanks to MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Thanks to you, jerkies. Here's the George Holland Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the RacerX Online Podcast. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. RacerXOnline.com forward slash subscribe to get the latest issue. They're cheap. A lot of real cool stories in there. And uh, please, we, we, uh, we need you to subscribe to uh, keep shows like this going. That's right. We appreciate it. This podcast brought to you by Fox Racing, Foxhead.com. Visit your local authorized Fox dealer. Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon, just some of the guys that wear Fox, global innovation leader in motocross racewear. LE gear out now. Uh, Glow in the dark gear that they debuted at uh, New York is out now. And uh, please check them out. Like I said, if your dealer doesn't carry Fox, then go to another dealer. The man on the line right here, he wore Fox one year. Uh, he also wore Thor. He wore Honda line and uh, probably a few other gear that I'm missing. He is a former factory Suzuki Honda rider, 125 national champion, the great George Holland. What's up, George? How are you? Hey, doing pretty good. Thanks, Thanks for coming for on. Me. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Thank you, you. You've been on the bucket list of guys to to get a hold of. I'm like, I gotta gotta call Holland. I gotta get a hold of Holland. So, oh, nice. <laughs> um, so obviously Holland Farms, Holland Nut Farm is what you're doing now. Almond Farmer is what we always hear that you're up to. I saw a jar of your nuts in uh, Mitch Payton's um, uh, uh, trick truck one weekend. So, how's things going? What are you doing nowadays? What's going on? Yeah, it's going good. I mean, we're just uh, we've got a little farming operations down here in Kerman, and do a little processing. Uh, we do some hulling, you know, ship almonds all over the world. So it's working out pretty good. Is it just almonds? Uh, mostly almonds, okay. a little bit of pistachios also. 
And from what I understand, this was a family business during your racing years, right? Yeah, it started out, yeah, my dad started out, and then we kind of just grew it uh, through the years, racing and mm-hmm. afterwards. And so, so yeah, we're when you, probably you, 3,000 acres now or a little over. Oh, jeez. So when you're, when you retired in 89, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, but it was always no doubt what you were going to do afterwards, huh? Yeah, pretty much. I kind of had it set up, ready to move right in. Right. Did you, do you still ride? Do you get on a bike much? Uh, no. Nope. Uh, too many injuries <laughs> and tired of getting hurt. So, yeah. 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 One of those things right near the end. Yep. Also too, like, and we'll get into this a little bit, but, uh, uh, when you retired, was a part of you, like, I still felt like you were more than competitive, you know, uh, the 89 season, you were still, uh, you were leading the nationals. I think at one point against all the kids looking to defend your plate, you had some good supercross finishes. I always felt like you were more, then competitive and probably could have kept going, but was it one of those things where you just got tired of racing? Uh, not so much. I just had too many injuries. And okay. Like, it, uh, that year, I should have won it really easy. It would have been easier to win it the first time, but my shoulder had already been uh, operated on like three times, and my knees, and I had some. So I had quite a few injuries, and they just seemed like they were nagging. So mm-hmm. finally, I just said, eh, "I think I had enough." <laughs> Does it bother you now today, or are you all better? Uh, not so bad. You yeah. know, I, uh, I used to have to go to the chiropractor like every week since I quit racing. Yeah. Haven't been since. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so, That's all right. Uh, not too bad. I mean, it's not yeah. perfect, but. Right. Because, okay. Because you were one of those guys I always thought like you were, look, you were an 80, uh, superstar rider back in the day. You'd been literally racing your whole life. You were, you know, in the group of Wardy and Myerscoff and, and that group of kids. And I thought to myself, maybe the guy just got tired of racing his dirt bike, but it was really just injuries. Mostly injuries, trying to race through injuries and, you know, travel. You know, it was getting a little bit on the old side. But, mm-hmm. you know, I just, just the injuries mainly just kind of put an end to it. How much do you follow the sport now? Uh, yeah, I watch all the races. I usually tape all the Supercross. Oh, okay, and, yeah. Uh, still... I come back and watch them the next day or something. Yeah, I keep, a, keep yeah. track pretty good. Still into them. And then, like, like I said, like how would Peyton get a jar of your almonds, I wonder? How did that happen? Oh, I still keep in touch with Bones uh, a little oh, okay. bit. Yeah. He always likes a chocolate-coated one, so whenever he, <laughs> if he knows I'm going to be like a Santa Clara or something, I'll sneak in, I'll, I'll take him a, a bag. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, um, yep. yeah Bones, uh, a little while ago, I was talking to Bones, uh, I think about, I don't remember what it was, maybe it was Jimmy Gaddis, the other Gaddis uh-huh. won the title, and he pulled out like some, oh, I remember he goes after practice at that race, we we added 10 millimeters of preload to the to the shock, and I'm like, geez, Bones, how do you remember that? <laughs> he went into yeah. all these settings that he had to do with Jimmy Gaddis after uh, after yeah. practice. I'm like, wow. So, yeah, um, he's a good guy. Hey, so when you were, did you always ride Suzuki's, or did they sign you to, to a pro class back uh, when you first stepped into it? Um, I went, yeah, right when I turned 16, I went. I, I think I flew to. Uh, I think I turned 16 midweek, and I flew to like New York. Uh, yeah, Broome was your first. My, yeah, yeah, my first one. Yeah, I just turned 16 that week and flew over there for that race. Were you? So were you always from like Central Cal, or did you live in, in SoCal, or did you? How did you make the trip when you were as an amateur kid uh, all those years? Mm, you know, I, I I just every weekend I was in Southern Cal. I'd, I'd stay down there with the R&D guys. Um, oh, okay, yeah. The Suzuki guys back then. So I, I pretty much was in Southern Cal every every yeah, weekend, all the time. Probably. Um, yeah. 
did you ride Suzuki or yeah? So you're always a Suzuki guy the whole time, even uh, always Suzuki. I, yeah, I mean, I started on a Honda XR seventy five, mm-hmm. but um, as soon as uh, right. uh, R and D Rudy and Dean picked me up, I was on Suzuki's the rest of the time. The whole time. So was the geez? Would this have been uh, was this Tetherton back then the pro manager? Or who would it have been? Um, whoever that whoever the pro manager was, they always tell you like, hey, we're keeping an eye on you. We want you on the factory team. One of the, like you know, this is the early eighties, but Nowadays, you'd be like a Michael Essie or Millsaps or any of these guys, right? I mean, you were the next kind of star out of the uh, out of the amateur ranks. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, they kind of pretty much just moved me right up as soon as uh, as soon as I was sixteen. I mm-hmm. moved right up to the uh, to the factory team. Wow, sixteen years old, factory bike. Here you go. <laughs> yep. And also, too, back then, that's two fifty Supercross. That's not one twenty five Supercross. There's no such thing back then. So, uh, I think that's why I had so many injuries. I was 16 <laughs> years old, and I got thrown out there. Here you go. Go race Bob Hanna and Glover and all these guys. Yeah, my first race, Bob Hanna and uh, all those guys are on the starting line. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, racing as an eighty and an amateur and coming up through the through the pack, was I right? Like, were you in the Myerskoff, Jeff Ward era? Was those, were those your guys, or were you a little bit after? Um, yeah, I was kind of like a little behind them guys. It was... Uh, I was probably a few years younger. So okay. I probably, you know, like I was Ke- more uh, obviously Eric Kehoe days. Yeah. yeah, Kehoe. Yep. So you've known Kehoe that long, and then you were teammates forever also. Kehoe, yeah. Uh, Ron Lachine, uh, Rick Johnson. Those are kind of the mini bike guys back when I was there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah, a little bit after Myerskoff and Wardy and those yep. guys. Yeah. Uh, interesting class of riders, though, right? Like Dogger and, 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 and RJ and yourself and everybody. Yeah, yeah, I can remember racing those guys back in the nine to eleven expert class. Right, <laughs> crazy yeah, Indian Dunes. And then in nineteen eighty nine, you look over and there's Lachine and Johnson, and and everybody yeah. still, still on the starting line, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, how fast were those R and D Suzuki RM eighties? Uh, those things were really fast. Those were had some really good bikes back in the day. Mm-hmm. Those are the good old days, the fun days when when you used to win a lot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I remember the good old days. Well, hey, you got a national title. That's you know, you used to win a lot too as a pro. Yeah. Um, what was it like uh, your early years at Suzuki? Uh, obviously, Bomber was the number one guy. Was he cool? Yeah, he's real cool. Yeah, I did a, uh, a lot of training with him. And the first guy I remember there was probably Kent Howerton. Mm-hmm. Started with him. He kind of took Mender's wing, and then uh, Barnett, and uh, that was back in the early '80s. Yeah. Did, yep. did you ever go to Alabama where Barnett was and just like apparently there was just work Suzuki's everywhere and he would ride 40 minutes and run out of gas? Uh, yeah, I did a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I started actually in San Antonio with uh, Kent Howard. Okay. I used to go stay with him. Stay down there. And yeah. train with him. And then, uh, yeah, I've been to Alabama with uh, Mark Barnett a lot and did a lot of practice riding with him. You start getting into the top tens, like in your second pro year, you got a lot of top tens in uh, in the 125 Nationals. Were you starting to remember that you were starting to like feel it, get a hang of this stuff, uh, starting to feel like you belonged a little bit more? Uh, yeah, it kind of took me a couple of years, but uh, right. yeah, like after about the second year, I kind of felt like I I was I had the speed. You could do it. You know what's funny yeah. nowadays, George? These kids. They come in and like they've, they've been riding at private facilities and they've got trainers and they don't go to school. Um, they kind of hit the pros, race ready pros. You know what I mean? Like they're just amazing. And then you hear about guy, older guys like yourself or like I was on buddies with Tim Ferry or whatever and Jimmy Button. They come in out of amateurs and their eyes are wide open. They're like, holy shit! Like 
this is a lot of work. These guys really train. Uh, I, they really practice a lot more than I did. Were you like that? Were you kind of like your eyes were open a little bit onto what, how hard these guys worked? Yeah, and the thing was, too, that we didn't have, like, a, a warm-up class. It was just like you got thrown out there with the guys, uh, you know, your first year. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it was a little intimidating there for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, it's like Wardy was the same way. He told me, like, yeah, here you go, kid. Here's a KX250. You're five foot one. Yep. You know? <laughs> go, go, go race in Supercross. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nuts. Um, yep. So Kehoe comes to the team, I think, in 84, I think he comes. I think it was a Honda or Yamaha before then, and then he comes on the team, maybe 85. Um, by then, at that point, were you kind of looking around at other bikes and being like, hmm, I don't know if my RM125 is that fast? Did you ever feel uh, like that? Yeah, probably about that time, yeah. yeah. I, would say, I would say so. It seemed like everyone was catching up and maybe moving ahead a little bit back then. Yeah. Did you? Ever, did you ever? Now we'll get to your Honda ride here in a little bit. Did you ever have a chance to leave Suzuki before then? Did you have offers that you turned down? Uh, not really. I was always like under a two or three year deal, and then mm-hmm. um, probably like in uh, it must have been '88 was my really my first chance to get uh, to get on the Honda team. Yeah. So okay, I'm surprised. I always like as a fan. Again, I was just growing up. Not to make you feel old, but you know, I'm a little younger. As a fan, I'm like that, that guy. Just loves Suzuki. Like he's got to get off Suzuki. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because um, there were some frustrating years there. Like in '83, was that the year that Suzuki put the gas tank in the airbox? Uh, I think so. Yep. Right. Yep. And they were kind of lost yep. with bikes at, at times, right? Yeah, it seemed like the early 80s, they were maybe ahead of everyone. Right. And like you say, right about that time, then everyone kind of was catching up. Yep. And so one of those frustrating times where you're just like, man, these guys, like, I mean, Honda, the factory, you got to race against factory Honda. Uh, You know, Cowies are pretty good. Yamaha's racing production bikes uh, soon after. And at times, I imagine you're probably pretty frustrated. Yeah, a little bit at times, yeah. Yep. What do you remember about your first national win at uh, at Gatorback in Gainesville? Um, that was the year Lachine dropped down, I think, and uh, he might have. I think he went two one. Uh, what do you remember that about that? Ah, see, you got to remember, I'm 50 years old now. I know. I can't remember as good <laughs> I as I used to, but I, know. Uh, I figured it was a big deal for you. That was your first national win. It was, yeah. I remember in Gainesville. I mean, I won there three years in a row, and that mm-hmm. was the first year that I started it off, and. Um, I'm trying to remember that year. I can't remember exactly what happened that day, but uh, I do remember winning three in a row at that track. And you probably remember later on as the season went on, Lachine had the factory Honda 125, and it was just lights out. Like, you want to talk about a, a difference in bikes. <laughs> yeah, I remember that part, too. <laughs> Where you were, like, probably wide open up a hill, and he and he's six foot one, 200 pounds, yeah. or 180 or whatever it is, and he pulls pulls by you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> uh how did your relationship get with Eric the whole time? Like, there was many, many nationals where you guys were battling for the win or, yeah. you know, podium spots. And, uh, you know, he was number eight. You were number 11. You were number seven. He was number eight, maybe again. Really close in talent and speed. And you're on the same team. Nowadays, George, um, some of the guys, like, they, they get into it a little bit. Teammates aren't always buddies, you know? Um, yeah. How'd that go with you and him? Uh, not too bad, considering. I mean, um, you know, it's hard to be friends when you're in your race every week. Oh, I know, but, uh, yeah. It wasn't too bad. I mean, uh, in our moments, but yeah, he's a pretty good guy, and 
don't know. Now that we don't have to race against you, it'd probably be fun to <laughs> talk to him. I know, huh? He's not around. Yeah, he's a good guy. I haven't seen him forever. You know, he was a team manager at Honda forever, and uh, and then he left. Uh, he was in Yamaha, working at the, helping out the Yamaha guys, and I haven't seen him since. I need to text him and see what's up. Yeah. Yep. Um, in all of those years of 125 competition, um, I'm guessing, you know, again, 85, your, uh, your Lachine pretty much dominates that you're on a factory Honda. You're on a, you're on a Suzuki 86. Uh, you get back into it. It's a, it's a deep class in 86, but, um, you know, you're right there again. Like you said, you win, you win Gator back and you know, you're, you're top five guy pretty much every nationals. But at some point, Hannah joins the team. How's that? How's Hannah when he gets on the bike? Does he help the bikes? Does he help you guys? Uh, yeah, he was, yeah, when, when he was our teammate, he was, uh, he was a good guy, and he, um, he, he, he was, uh, I, I didn't really know him that good until then, but, uh, mm-hmm. got to know him pretty good, he's uh, really a nice guy. Was he as gnarly as they say? I think he'd calmed down a lot since, <laughs> I don't know, when I met him, he was a uh, pretty friendly, nice guy, so I think he might have calmed down since, uh, through the years. Yeah, I was heard, I was imagining him coming in there and just screaming and yelling at you guys and calling the bike a turd and this kind of stuff. So, <laughs> no, actually, it was pretty it was surprising. He was a really really nice yeah. guy. When you were factory Suzuki, factory Honda, and all that, did you live in Kerman or did you live in SoCal? Uh, mostly Kerman. Yeah. Really? So you yeah. fly out of where? Bakersfield? Uh, usually uh, Fresno Air Terminal. And, Fresno. Yeah. Jeez, that's crazy. So you must have had tons of tracks out there, though. No, I didn't have that many good tracks. That was my, one of my problems. I wish if I had it over, I'd have a uh, you know my own facility off like everyone else does. But yeah, back then. But I, you know, we had test tracks and stuff. And Honda had a test track in Simi Valley. Mm-hmm. Honda Land had yeah. test tracks, so I'd hang out at those tracks. But uh, but, be but nice stuff. If but I like, did it over, I'd have my own facility. That's for sure. But like once the race season got going, your testing was over. You went to from Kerman a lot. A lot. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Jeez, that's that's uh. Yeah, that adds adds to the travel, you know, issues too. Because from Fresno, you can only go so many so far, right? So, right, um, you're connecting and or doing whatever. Um, yeah. So '87 comes; it's your best year. You're on a Suzuki. Um, you get second at uh, what Supercrosses did you get? Second? You get second at a couple of Supercrosses. Um, uh, East Rutherford was one of them. Um, in '80. Oh wait, and uh, I had it right here in front of me. I'll figure this out, George. Daytona. Daytona, yeah, the, the mudder, right? In, yep, uh, mudder, yep. Yeah, the mudder. Did you? What was the closest you came to winning a Supercross? Like I said, you got oh Pontiac, Pontiac uh, two, uh, Pontiac second night um, in '87. You got second too. You ever come close to winning one? Mm, second, you know, on a Honda, I had a couple seconds, I think, at the Meadowlands, mm-hmm. but um, I've, I've you know led half the race or something like that, but. Uh, Never won one. That was a bummer. Yeah. So okay. Well, so you led. You led a while though. Yeah, but, led a lot of races and a lot of <laughs> half of them and stuff, but just never finished it off. Did you ever like freak out on the Suzuki guys and 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 get mad at the way your bike was? I mean, let's be honest. They just when you compare them to a Honda, they just you know. I felt uh, you obviously you had a lot of talent and you put in some good results, but were there times that you got pretty frustrated? Uh, mostly just with the injuries. That was one of my problems was mm-hmm. just, you know, trying to, you know, ride with the shoulder popping out and, you know, just too many injuries is kind of what was uh, frustrating for me. 
Hey, thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing. Race tech people, racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with race tech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, Eh, probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Race Tech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Race Tech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Race Tech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to Pulp MX 2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com, and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right, back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiff is that you have when you come in the corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, on the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension and tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Uh, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out at the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. So at the end of 87, you're national number three overall. Uh, combined uh, outdoors and uh, indoors. Who comes to you from Honda? Is that Roger back then? Um, you know, let's see what happened. Eighty-seven. I I got married right when that season was over. Okay. And I was in Hawaii. My dad calls me and says uh, it was Roger and Dave Arnett at the time. Okay. And my dad. I really didn't have a ride. I was kind of in between, and, and so. My dad oh, you weren't going to Suzuki? Didn't want you or what? Uh, we just really didn't. I wasn't really sure. It was, <laughs> You're like, I want more money. They're like, we're not sure. <laughs> yeah, so we were kind of up in the air. So uh, my dad called me and said, he, I was in Hawaii, and he goes, uh, Dave Arnett wants to see us when you get home. All right. So me and my dad drive to Honda. We mm-hmm. talked uh, 
Dave and uh, Roger mm-hmm. kind of ink out a deal. Two-year deal? Uh, it was actually a one-year deal okay. um, because uh, I wanted to ride the Honda pretty bad. So yeah. I did a one-year deal, but then I, I, if I, I told them when I win the championship that uh, it turns into a two-year deal and everything <laughs> everything gets bumped up a lot. So. Yeah. And, so I kind of went in a little cheaper the first year, but then sure. it worked out the second year. So You bet, you bet on yourself. I like it. Oh, yeah. Um, pretty much, yeah. Um, so you get on a Honda in 88, and I guess starts with Supercross. And, or off-season testing, are you just like, holy shit, this thing's good? Uh, yeah. Um, I noticed you only you didn't ride that many Supercrosses in '88. Did you get hurt a little bit? Uh, yeah, shoulder. I had a lot shoulder, of shoulder problems. Shoulder issues year, again. <laughs> it seemed like the Hondas were like like back in the, the, the years you were talking about. They mm-hmm. were like really good, mm-hmm. like way better than everything else. And then it seemed like. I was expecting that, and they were really good, but it seemed like everyone was kind of catching up a little bit at the time I got on them. They were still good, but right, right. it seemed like everyone was kind of catching them. Yeah. Catching up. Yeah, no, I, I got it. You know, I know what yeah. you're talking about. The, the motor in 88 wasn't much different from 86, like when Diamond won, you know? Right, right. I mean, at times you probably have been like, look, Honda just got Mickey Diamond, who rode 500 Huskies, and now he's beating me in 125s. Right. You must have just yep. been shaking your head at times. Jeez. <laughs> um, so in '88, how's RJ? How's uh, Rick Johnson as your teammate? I mean, obviously, like you said, you grew up with them. Was he always cool? Did he try to help you? Did, did I mean, Supercross wise, was it? Yeah, I mean, I just I kind of watch and learn. My that's kind of how I learn. I just kind of watch, find out who the fastest guy is, and you just kind of watch them and follow them. So I learned a lot by just doing that. You know. Mm-hmm. Did it, did it help you uh, to do that? Watch, watch. I mean, he was arguably the best rider in the world at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it helped a lot. Now the eighty-eight one twenty-five nationals come around. Uh, well, actually, let's talk first about Cliff White. I did one of these with Cliff White, and uh, you know, he worked for Bailey, he worked for JMB, he he's done a lot in the industry, and he told me surprisingly, George, he was he's like, I think. Cliff goes, the rider I bonded with the most was probably George Holland. He goes, him and I just, we, we thought the same. We had the same idea on racing. We got along well. Um, I knew what he wanted before, you know, before he even could say it. Cliff White had a ton of, uh, lots of really nice words to talk about you. I guess when you got the Honda in 88 and they said, hey, George, your, your mechanic's going to be uh, this guy, Cliff, Cliff White, you, you probably were pretty stoked. Yeah, I really was because I had not only Cliff, but then I had Roger DeCoster in my corner at Dave Arnett. Mm-hmm. I had a pretty good team of guys around me. So, yeah, but Cliff White, that guy had already won. I don't know how many championships with yeah. you know through the years, and he's like a perfectionist, and the bikes are always perfect. And yeah, uh, I mean, hey, I imagine you, you had know. no issues mechanical wise. Oh, no, <laughs> he was a. He was an awesome mechanic. You know, he always said that he went in after, you know, he got the factory stuff and he went in and he would work his own little magic on the cylinders and heads and everything else, and, and it worked out pretty well. Yeah. No, that guy was unbelievable. And everything he was, you know, the bike looked brand new every time he got on it. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he did a great job. Um, I remember the 88-125 title chase. You kind of walked to it. I don't think you had a whole ton of challenge, except Cooper came back halfway through the year, and he started racking up some wins, but he was, you know, he missed a bunch of races. Uh, Donnie Schmidt gave you some issues, but really, like, you were, the, you were the best guy in the class for pretty much all year. I mean, I'm not trying to toot your horn here, but it's kind of the way I remember it. Do you remember somebody giving you troubles or, or it being tough, tighter than I remember? Um, they, at, 
at the beginning, Keel was there for a while, but um, that year I don't know why, but I just would. I got good starts that year, so I was always out front. And yeah, it was the bike, always, George. It was the bike. Yeah, the bike was good. And then, so I always stayed clean. and uh, right. So, yeah, so I, I don't even know how I won by quite a few points. I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. But. Do, you remember do you remember Cooper coming back and winning a bunch? Uh, I do, yeah. yeah. Yep. And you're just like, whatever, guy, go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, at the time he came back, he didn't have nothing to lose, and I was kind of protecting, so yeah. it was a little different situation. Your, your, your worst finish that year was an eighth at Broome, Tioga. Otherwise, it's just two, three, one, two, three, the whole way. What happened at Broome, do you remember? Uh, yeah, I had a flat tire. I had to pull in and change my tire. Okay, all right, yeah, that, make, that, makes, yeah. that makes sense. Yep. Um. God, I just I, I I I talked to Kehoe on one of these, and I was I was like, yeah, Eric, George got on a Honda. Why didn't you get on a Honda? And he's laughing and laughing. But I imagine there were times in '88 where you you know I mean, look, you're you're a great rider. There's no doubt. But the bike was better than that Suzuki, and I'm sure there were times where you passed Eric, and you're like, bro, you got to get on a, you got to get on a Honda. <laughs> you got to really figure this out. <laughs> it's all timing. Yeah, I know, huh? Um, yeah. Safe to say, '88 was probably the best year money-wise for you. I mean, I know you said you went on a, mm. you took a little, yeah, because yeah, got the championship bonus and stuff. Right, but, right. Um, you know, '89 would have been a lot easier year if I could have just stayed together. My, uh, you know, yeah, um, it didn't work out. The bad thing about you signing with Honda, well, not the bad thing, but you had to wear a Honda Line gear, George. It wasn't that good looking in '88. It really wasn't. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was all built into your contract, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. well, kind of was, yeah. It was kind of a package deal, but it wasn't too bad. No? Okay. All right. No. Um, yeah. So, yeah, 89 comes, and um, again, your number one guy uh, in the 125 class again. And I always tell people this. I'm like, people forget because, look, I love Bradshaw as a kid as much as anybody, and Kudrowski, and uh, LaRocco was there, Larry Ward was there. Um, but you were on your way to defending that plate. Um, I don't say easily, but it was you were kind of showing these quote unquote kids what was up until the shoulder, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Like my last race, I was I think I was in Pennsylvania. I was like running away with it, and then uh, my shoulder kind of gave up. So that was the day I said, I think I'm done. Yeah, that's what Cliff said. You you came in and you're like, yeah, that's it. I need sur- I yeah. need surgery, and and I'm out. Yep. Pretty much. Were you? Did you had surgery before? Like, was, it, was the doctor not fixing it right, or were you one of those things where you didn't get surgery to fix it, and then it just kind of get looser and looser, and it would pop out more and more? Yeah, I'd, I'd already had like two surgeries, but I think the, the the first surgery I waited too long, and it got the word pop out just during a race without even crashing or anything. Oh, geez. So I probably did too much damage, you know, before I got it fixed the first time. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, by the third time, it was done. Yeah, that was it. Uh, what were your recollections of Bradshaw at times? Were you like, get get away from me, kid. You're nuts. Yeah, I mean, he was fast, and usually I, I usually had the um, endurance, so I'd, I'd kind of let him go, and then I would try to <laughs> come on at the end. You're like, I'll get you back. Don't worry. I'll see you yeah. later, kid. <laughs> yeah, see him later in the race. Yeah. How uh, Do you remember the 89, 125 Honda being better than 88? I think they made some changes that year. Yeah, actually, yeah, it was it was it was a pretty good bike that year. Yeah, um, yeah, funny people forget that that you were kind of they kind of look at '89 as the year the kids came on, yeah, and Kudowski yeah. won and Bradshaw got second. Um, yep. But yeah, people Donnie Schmidt was there still on a privateer Honda. But yeah, you were you probably would have backed up that number one plate so uh, without the injury that kind of sucks. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you remember about Leesk? Jeff Leesk was your teammate in '88. Was he a cool guy? 
Yeah, yeah, he's a cool guy. Yep. And eighty nine Stanton comes on, right? And all of a sudden RJ gets hurt and this yep. this kid starts just racking off wins. Yep. Yep. I did a lot of training with him uh, back in Michigan, so Oh, did you? Yeah. He kinda yeah, we kinda became buddies and uh so that year I stayed in Michigan a lot and did a lot of training with him, which was if I had it to do all over again, that was uh that was the way to do it. I just stayed at his house in the uh summer and then he'd huh. come and stay at my house in the winter. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so that that worked out pretty good, but I was already beat up by then. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Yep. Pretty amazing that Stanton um I mean he was a great rider, no doubt he's on a factory bike and on factory Honda and everything else, but like really like RJ breaking his wrist, the guy won a couple of races and then like he never stopped winning. He we all knew he was good, but I don't think we knew he was that going to be that good, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true, but yeah, he was pretty good on that Yamaha the year before he came over to the Honda though. True. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. he was kind of yeah. an emerging guy, right? He was coming, yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of your last race, like, so you, you dislocated your shoulder or separated it or whatever at, uh, at yep. Kentworthy's and then you came back for the last three, Spring Creek, Washougal and, and Broome. Um, I guess to just kind of fulfill your deal, right? Just kind of limp through them and get done. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty much done by then though. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's Cliff said it, that Troy, Ohio is when you came in and you're like, yeah, I can't do it. I got, I'm yeah. out. Um, yeah. And then that was it. The almond farm, the almond farmer awaited. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. What? Uh, what's your best race? Do you think, George? Uh, the, the, do, do you remember a race or two that stood out? Over, I know you said, you, like you said, you're 50. It's hard to remember. But was yeah. there a race or two that where you were kind of just on top of it, where you, no one could touch you? You go one one, or even a supercross, or anything like that. Uh, I don't know. I say maybe back east, back when I used to train with Jeff Stanton, and we'd uh, we'd go to like Stadium's house in Michigan, and we'd go to um, Redbud, like mm-hmm. half an hour drive, and we've been training all week in the humidity, and then we get to the race, and it was like we both went running away, and it was like so easy because we were <laughs> just like training all week, and yeah, so it was like. I wish I would have met up with him five years earlier. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, what was your favorite national track? Uh, I don't have to say either Gainesville or maybe Hangtown. Really? Only because those are tracks I win at. So yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how racers always work, right? Um, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you win there, you like the track. Dude, Gainesville's kind of a hole, I always thought, <laughs> but I guess... Yeah, it kind of was, but I won three <laughs> years in a row, so I liked it. Yeah, really, right? Um, I wonder why. I wonder why you did so well there. Is it just the soil, or like, you know, it was kind of choppy, it was hard packed in some spots and sandy up on top? But... Yeah, half and half. I don't know. It's kind of weird, because I'm from California. I didn't really no. like the sand that much. Yeah, you know? yeah, you wouldn't think You wouldn't think that... But you then I, yeah, I never liked the sand. I, went to, I hated going to, like... Um, Southwick? Uh, Southwick, but then I went there and won one year. So yeah, you won in '88 at Southwick. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Is it is it fair to say that Kehoe uh, was your biggest rival all those years? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Okay. I mean, from mini bikes, yeah, all the way through, probably. Yeah, he was one of them. What do you think of when you go to the races now, or when you watch them now? Are you do you, do you are you impressed by these guys? Do you, do you, is it kind of the same thing? Do you like the show? Is the show of Supercross a big deal to you, or what's your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I kind of like it all. I mean, I'm, when I'm watching, I'm glad I'm not down there. <laughs> Why is that? Those guys are going. Those guys are going fast. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe these four strokes? Right? No, I can't believe it. I wish they had four strokes back when I was around. Why? Why? It looks like it'd be a lot funner to ride than a uh, yeah. two stroke with all all uh, you know. 
well, RPM. They're easier, that's for sure. Yeah, you can yeah. sit. You can sit down in a turn and jump a triple, no problem. You know, that's right. Yep. Um, well, cool, man. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. It's interesting to uh, finally get a chance to talk to you. One twenty five national champion. Uh, God, so many podiums and, and wins in that class. It's it's uh, not any funny. Do you still have all your stuff? Do you have all your Romanos? Uh, not really. I just have a few of the the main ones, uh, championship years, and a few of the big trophies. But yeah, I didn't keep. You know, I didn't keep a lot of it. No. What about old gear and stuff? Old helmets. I got a few, yeah. Buddies yeah. have them, and yeah, there's a few laying around. <laughs> You're not one of those guys that seems like all that, all that impressed with himself or anything. Nope. You're like, yeah, nope. like, yeah. You're like, how about some, how about some almonds? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, did you get a bike from Honda? Your championship bike? No, I tried to get it, and what? I never could get it, and I still want it. So maybe you can put a good word in for me. They, I thought they did that for all you guys up until nope. I think they stopped around RJ era late, late early nineties because apparently I heard he sold them, so they were pissed. But um, that'd be I awesome. I tried to buy mine, I could, but it's in some warehouse. They say you need to find that thing for me. Yeah, I'm gonna ask the guys at Honda. I'm gonna say, hey, come on, George wants his bike. I know it's around. Yeah, yeah, we'll buy it. I think I see it at the races. They bring it out to the supercrosses every now and then, like the little okay. championship bike or whatever. All right. There's another bike that Prim has. It's number three. It's an 88 CR125, but it's Bales. Oh. So maybe Bale was over in Europe that time. But um, hey, hey, did you ever try the upside-down forks on that 88, or were you always a right-side-up guy? Uh, you know, about halfway through the season, they were trying to get me to put them on because of uh, we are going to go production on the next year. Right. But uh, uh, everyone put them on but me. I said, I ain't changing nothing until the season's <laughs> over. So. <laughs> like, I like the bikes. That's it. I stay with the old forks until the season was over. Right. Do you keep track? Do you keep in touch with any of your old racing buddies? Uh, not too much, no. no. Um, through the years, is less and less. Yeah, really funny that way, huh? You, so you went, yep. to Sa- you went to Santa Clara this year? Yeah, went yeah. down there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. See, say, Mitch, say hi to Mitch, say hi to Bones, and... Keep going. You know, I just kind of <laughs> snuck through the pits real fast because those guys are all busy. I didn't want to bother them. It's crazy how far seen them though. Crazy how far it came, right? The semis and everything. I mean, I've I was a mechanic for uh, for eleven years um, with Yamaha and KTM and everything else, and I also drove a box van for a privateer for a number of years, and you can't even really compare it, man. Yeah, yeah, we had the old box vans back in the day. Yeah, it's funny to uh, you, you. You guys used to stay on the road a lot with your guys too. Mechanics, right? Uh, Did you ever do that? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Um, right on, George. Well, hey, thanks for doing the Race Rex Online podcast. It was by Fox Racing. I appreciate it. You had a great career. Uh, fantastic uh, uh, racing throughout for a long, long time. Uh, it's too bad we didn't see you defend that title in 89, like I said. Uh, one of those things that people forget that you were probably going to do it and show the kids what was up at least one more time. So um, thanks for doing this, man. Good luck with the almond farming and everything else. Okay. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Cool. Thanks, George. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. 
we get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know. And I know from personal experience, didn't anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. No problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, 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 hey.